Well, it's great to be back with you this morning. Uh, I think it's been like a month and a half since I was here uh, last time. Um, so it's uh, definitely a blessing to, to be back. And I guess I'm preaching this Sunday and then the 25th, so the end of the month. So um, if you can turn with me in your Bibles to Psalms 90, that's where we're going to focus on. But uh, we're actually going to zone in on uh, 90, uh, chapter, chapter 90, verse 12. That's where we're going to really zone in and focus on this morning as we spend time in God's Word. Um, let, let's, uh, actually, let's go, let's go to the Lord in prayer as we get started in this. God, thank you so much just, uh, just for loving us, for caring so much for us, for sending your Son to die for us and to give us life. Uh, thank you that you are a God that is, is, is merciful, that is gracious, and that is constant. Uh, even though everything is constantly chaotic and shifting, Lord, you are always constant, and we praise you for that. Lord, I pray right now as we spend time in your word, uh, we just come to you and we thank you for this opportunity. Open our hearts. Uh, remove all the distractions that are in our, our minds right now that, uh, that we're thinking about, but help us to zone in on what you want to hear, or what we want to hear from you, Lord. We love you in your precious name. Amen. I don't know if, you've, if you're like me, I, sometimes when I do my devotions, I, I really, I, I start reading it, and then there's moments where I'm just like, man, I zone in on a verse or two, and I just meditate on that for like days. Do you ever do that? To where you just meditate on that for days. Well, this is that passage for me lately. Uh, the title that I have here is just that God is forever and we are just a moment. And for some of us, that might be a harsh thing, but in reality, it's not about us, right? But, but we are here just for a moment. And in that moment, there's a lot that we need to do um, in this life. Uh, Psalms 90 is, is the only psalm that, uh, that is attributed to Moses, basically. But he did write other stuff, obviously. <laughs> but it is not the only piece of poetry that he has written, okay? Or, or song, I guess you can say, too, that he wrote. There are two other songs that Moses wrote. Um, one is in, uh, in Exodus 15, where he wrote a hymn that the Jews sang after the deliverance of Egypt and also um, the drowning of Pharaoh and his army in the Red Sea. The second one was the other, was when Moses uh, recited a song of the ascension when he was leaving. If you remember, he, didn't, he got to see a glimpse of the promised land, but he didn't get to go into it. Um, so that's the second one, and that's in Deuteronomy 32. And so the first song that we see here is, is that um, we see a, a song of joy, pure praise and celebration because they were just um, freed from Egypt. The second one basically um, is a reminder of Israel's past rebellion against God and God's resulting judgments. And so Psalms 90, what we're, what we're looking at here is, is it's, it's the most somber of, it, of all three of those and also the most personal than the other two that he, he put together there. So let's look at this passage in Psalms 90. And like I said, I'm just going to read this uh, uh, this passage, but we're going to zone in on um, uh, verse 12 here. But it says here, Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. Uh, before the mountains were brought forth or, or ever, you had formed the earth uh, and the world from everlasting to everlasting. You are God. 
You return man to dust and you say, or and say, return, O children of man, for a thousand years in your sight are but as yesterday when it is past, or as a watch in the night. You sweep them away as with the flood. Uh, they are like a dream, like grass uh, that is renewed in the morning. In the morning it flourishes and, and is renewed. In the evening it fades and withers. For we are brought to an end by your anger. Uh, by your wrath we are dismayed. You have set our iniquities before you and our secret sins in the light of your presence. For all our days pass away under your wrath. Uh, we bring our years to an end like a sigh. Verse 10 says, The years of our life are, are 70 or even by reason of strength 80. Yet their span is but toil and trouble. They are soon gone and we fly away. Who considers the power of your anger and your wrath according to the fear of you? So teach us to number our days that we may gain or get a heart of wisdom. Verse 13, return, O Lord, how long um, have pity on, on your servants. Satisfy us in your mourning with your steadfast love that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. Make us glad for as many days as you have afflicted us and for as many years as we have seen evil. Let your work be shown to your servants and your glorious power to their children. Let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the work of our hands upon us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. So if we, can, if we look at the context of this, like I said, we're going to zone in verse 12. Let's just look at the full context. I'm going to break it up, these, these passages, really quickly, uh, um, 1 through 17. If you look at uh, verses 1 through 4, um, we see this. We recognize that life is short, and we get frustrated at times when we want something so badly to happen, okay, in life. But usually it is not in our timing, but in His timing, in God's timing, uh, Moses uh, seemed to, to look at life at the vantage point of old age at this point. And from where he can finally see, as God does, that our time here is short. And then you scroll down to verses 5 through 12, we see that we are painfully reminded that we are wearing down and wearing out. Again, not to depress us here or anything like that, but that's the reality. We are wearing down. We are wearing out uh, until we are dust again. And uh, we are reminded that death is not the natural order of things, but the effect of our turning from God, as we see in, in Genesis chapter 3 with the fall of man. And then um, 13 through 17, we, we never, we, we never want to lose the ones we love, right? We never want to do that, but it happens. But if we connect ourselves to God's unfailing and unending love, we as Christians know that those who believe in Jesus, the resurrection and the life, shall live even though they die. Amen? And so let nothing trouble you but get satisfaction in his love every morning. Every morning. Uh, as we see that in verse 14 of, nine, of, of chapter 90. And let nothing dazzle you but see God's splendor as the only enduring kind as we see in verse 16. And then verse 17, let nothing move you, for God will establish the work of your hands. Life is short. How are you going to live it? How are you going to live it out? How are you going to live it out? So I want to look at, uh, again, zone in on verse 12 of Psalms 90 here. And let, let's just look at this again. It says, so teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. 
I went ahead and looked at other versions of, of, of the Bible and just to see what they would say of this verse. And uh, the New Living Translation says, teach us to realize the brevity of life or the shortness of life so that we may gain or grow in wisdom. The King James Version says this, so teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. And then Psalms, uh, or I'm sorry, then the Holman Christian Standard Bible, I, I kind of like this one. It says, it says, teach us to number our days carefully, carefully, so that we may develop wisdom in our hearts. You know, I, uh, my wife and I, sorry, my wife's not here. Uh, our son got sick at 3 o'clock in the morning, um, and so we were taking care of them, at, uh, or taking care of of him, our oldest son, Micah, and so we left two of them. My daughter, Eliana's with me. She wanted to come, so she's doing good so far, so that's good. So um, anyways, um, but we live in a university town in Morgantown, okay? And one of the things that uh, you see all the time is that people are striving for knowledge. I mean, I, I kid you not, their textbooks, students' textbooks, in a year and a half, it's already expanded and and whatever, they've already redid the book, okay, because of knowledge, because of the expansion of what has been done, okay, in our world. It's crazy, but people get so focused on the fact, and there's nothing wrong with that, but we have to be careful with the worldly wisdom, okay, because it's easy to get puffed up, right, and think that I know everything. Um, it's tough. Um, you know, whenever you have gone to like a funeral or if you've uh, been to a, a tombstone, what do you see there? You see the person's date of birth, when that person's born, and then you see the, the death, right? The, the date that that person died. And in between is what? The dash, right? That is the story of that person's life, is that dash. And it's crazy because when you look at that, you're like, man, even though that person lives... 70, 80 years, or however long, or maybe even less than that, that, that span is a short span of life. Um, so we are here for just a moment, but God is forever. Um, Paul said once in Philippians 1.21, what did he say? He says, for me to live is Christ, right? And to die is gain. And he knew, he knew. He's like, you know, I, I'm here on this earth. I'm going to continue, God, to do what I'm called to do here and to serve but man, my eternal reward is where? It's in heaven. It's in heaven. You know, I have such a short span, but I'm ready. I'm ready to go. My reward is there. Um, so teach us to number our days as we look at this passage. Um, we need to make the most of every day. We know that there's, what, 24 hours in a day, right? 365 days uh, in, in the year, and then you can break down from there everything. So we have such a short span of life, short span of time. How are you using your time? Are you using it wisely or are you using it foolishly? Um, if we have a heart of wisdom, then hopefully we, were, we are living with right priorities in our lives. You know, I think of um, one of the very first books that I, I read with John Piper is uh, Don't Waste Your Life. I don't know if you've ever read that book. But in that story, or in the book, he talks about two things. He talks about two, two stories. You have a, a couple that just retired and moved to Florida to collect seashells. That's what they did the rest of their lives, is to go to Florida and collect seashells. Now, there's nothing wrong with collecting seashells, but if that's what you're doing the rest of your life... 
then you start having to question that. And then you have this other scenario over here, and you have this, these two ladies that retired. Uh, they were nurses that they retired, and uh, they decided to serve in Africa at age 80. And this is what happened, though, is that they were in a car crash and died. Now, John Piper would ask, so what is the tragedy that you see here? Is it the couple that went to Florida and is collecting seashells, or... Is it the, the two ladies that died? You have to ask that question. I'm not going to give you the answer. I hope you know what the answer is. Um, there, again, there's nothing wrong about moving to Florida. My parents just moved a couple weeks ago to Florida, okay? <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that. And uh, they just bought a house. And, um, but, but again, how are you going to live your life? What is that dash going to look like for Jesus Christ? Um, Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 8 says this, it gives a, a, a wide uh, span of life, the positive and the negative. Maybe you've read this before in Ecclesiastes 3. It says, for everything there is a season. There's a season and a time for every matter under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, uh, a time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, uh, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. Uh, a time to cast away stone and a time to gather stones together. Uh, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to seek and a time to lose, it says. A time to keep and a time to cast away. A time to tear and a time to sow. A time to keep silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. Do you see the parallels of life, the span of life um, that happens. So teach us to number our days. This also is a response to God's power and wrath, if you think about it. Uh, before sin entered the world, there was no death, and so we didn't have to worry about God's wrath. Uh, but because of sin, we have to deal with God's wrath. But praise God, his wrath was covered by his son's sacrifice on the cross for us. And we praise God for that. But again, we have to ask this question, what kind of impact will we have on this, this life of ours? You know, when, it, when I was doing college ministry with Baptist Campus Ministries, one of the things that I would say to them, to the college students, is, is what is your purpose in life? Please don't tell me that your purpose is to get a good degree, to get a good paying job, to have a, have a, a, a family, and then go from there. That's fine, that's okay, but what is your purpose in life? I love what the Westminster Shorter Catechism says, that the first thing it says that our purpose in life is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. That puts things in total pers different perspective than what the world teaches us. The, teaches, the world teaches us something totally different. But are you serious? For us, our purpose is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever, that's, to the world, that's foreign to them. But that's what we're called to do as believers. Another passage in Ecclesiastes 9 says this. Uh, I just want to read to you in verse 13. It says, I have also seen this example of wisdom under the sun. 
And it seemed great to me. There was a little city with new men in it, and a few men in it, I'm sorry. And a great king came against it and besieged it, building great siege works against it. But there was found in it a poor, wise man, it says. And he, by his wisdom, delivered the city. Yet no one remembered that poor man. But I say that wisdom is better than might, though the poor man's wisdom is despised and his words are not heard. The words of the wise heard and quiet are better than the shouting of a ruler among fools. So you're probably asking me, what is this story about? What's going on here in Ecclesiastes? Well, this story is an illustration of a poor man saving a city from a cruel king, which illustrates wisdom's value here. But notice that despite this wisdom, it also provided little value because he was not remembered for saving the city. He was not remembered. And he even was despised, too. So what we see here is that wisdom is valuable, but its value is limited. It's limited. So this leads us to that second part of, of uh, chapter nine, or, uh, 90, verse uh, 12. The, the second part it says that we may grow in a heart of wisdom, or get a heart of wisdom, I should say. So this should engage us to live with right priorities in our lives. So I want to ask you now, when it says this, that we may get a heart of wisdom, how is your heart? Think about that. How is your heart? Um, Because God's word says that it can be deceiving, that it can be desperately sick. Okay, Jeremiah 17 says this. It says in in verses 9 and 10, it says that the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart and test the mind to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his deeds. This This refers to the human thoughts of feelings and emotions, basically, and so it refers to a person's inner life. Have you, have you ever been in a situation? Have you ever been in a situation that you're dealing with something, and what does somebody t- tell you? Oh, just follow your heart. Have you ever done that? Maybe you've done that. <laughs> I don't know. Or maybe you've had somebody give you that advice. Oh, just follow your heart. Well, we just read here in Jeremiah that what, 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 what is the heart? It's desperately sick. It's wicked. So we have to be careful when we give that type of advice, you know. And sometimes we say follow your heart, even though biblically it's wrong to do. An example, it could be like, um, let's say somebody wants to really, really date this person, but they are not a believer. But somehow they try to twist things. If I'm going to follow my heart, well, maybe if I date this person, they will become a believer. Do you see what I'm saying? It just, it's... We have to be careful with our hearts with that. Let's go a little bit further here. I want us to look at our hearts. I want us to see something here. I'm going to list a bunch of words right now, okay? And in reality, we are dealing with one of these things right now with our hearts, okay? This is biblical data. I want us to be overwhelmed by our hearts, okay, and what we're thinking about right now, okay? Uh, For instance, we think with our hearts, okay? We remember with our hearts. We, we, We know with our hearts. We discern with our hearts. We store things with our hearts. 
We see things, we hate things, we fear things with our hearts. We grieve with our hearts, we become proud with our hearts, we lust with our hearts, we love with our hearts, we turn away from God with our hearts, and we turn to God with our hearts. We pray, we rejoice, we meditate, we sing, we give, we love God with our hearts, we're faithful, we're upright, we deceive, we set up idols that we worship, we become hardened with our hearts, we seek God, we repent with our hearts, and we believe with our hearts. That's a long list. And think about that. I mean, just the reality that all of us, I don't care who you are, we are dealing with one of those things with our hearts right now, whether good or bad. And so we learn that the importance of, with our hearts is in Proverbs 4.23. It says that keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flows the springs of life. The NIV says this. It says, above all else, guard your heart. Guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. So do you, do you take time to pray? Do you take time to spend in his word? Do you, um, do you meditate on his word? Because what, 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 what you see or what you do will come out with your heart, whatever that is. If it's stuff that you're watching or seeing or whatever, that's going to come out eventually. You have to, we have to be careful. David, uh, in Psalms 139, he asks God to search my heart, O God. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and know if there's any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. David knew that his heart was wicked and deceiving. And so he's like praying, search me. Search me, O God, and know my heart. As we continue, if we go back to Jeremiah 17 where we learn that the heart is deceiving, it's interesting because what he says here is, is he says, I, the Lord, search the heart and test the mind. That's what he says. To give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his deeds. So God tests us. James talks about this. God tests us. He, does, he doesn't tempt us, but he tests us to see where we're at. So what happens when we turn away from God? Remember that, that biblical, or those, those words that I gave to you guys about the heart, There's those, uh, this is one. And so what happens when you turn your heart away from God? Jeremiah 17, 5 and 6 says this, Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, whose heart turns away from the Lord. He is like a shrub in the desert and shall not see any good come. He shall dwell in the parched places of the wilderness and in uninhabited salt land, it says. I don't want to be that person. I don't want to have that kind of heart. So what happens when you turn to the Lord? Verse 7 and 8 of Jeremiah 17 says this, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when heat comes, for its leaves remain green and it's not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. 
oh man, I can relate to this so badly right now in my life. Uh, many of you guys don't know my situation, but you know, I, um, I, I left BCM and I, I, I'm doing a, a ministry uh, called the, the uh, Blue and Gold Ministry with the Q. And uh, Greg, who I worked with, he said, Tim, I only have a year's worth of income. And you know what? What's crazy is that my, my last income or my last check was August 12th. I'm trusting. There can be anxiousness because I have a, a family of three kids trying to figure out, okay, God, how are you going to provide? Now, I know that there's probably like enough for part-time and I'm trying to raise more funds, but God's providing, you know, and, I'm, and I don't want it to sound like I'm boasting, oh, look at me and this and that. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just trusting God because I know that he is faithful. If he says that he will never leave me nor forsake me, I know that he's going to take care of me. And praise God, he's given me opportunities like this to, to come on a Sunday to preach. Uh, I just got a call um, if, I'm not a big country artist fan, but uh, Brad Paisley's coming in town, and I get to be the chauffeur of the band um, next week and get paid to do that. Praise God. And that just came out of nowhere. And I'm just like, okay, God, well, if that gives me a little bit of money, that's great. Praise God for that, you know, and, and get to talk to the band. And maybe Brad Paisley, even though I, I'm not a country artist fan, I don't, I don't really know any songs that he sings, to be honest with you. Uh, all I've heard him sing is Country Roads. That's all I've heard. But... But again, I just take those advantages, and I'm like, you know what, God, I'm just going to walk through this door, and I'm going to just see what you have in store for my wife and I and our kids. Um, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. And the last thing, this last part I want to share with you is this brings us to this word wisdom, because I've talked about it a little bit as I've, I've been speaking here. And this wisdom is unique, and it's not worldly wisdom. It's a wisdom that comes from the Lord. Again, what I, what I say, it's not, it's not something that you would gain at a university or anything like that, possibly. But this is godly wisdom from the Lord, from his word. Proverbs 1.7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. And so we need to ask for godly wisdom, James 1.5 says this, if, you, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. But we first have to ask the question, what is wisdom? What is wisdom? The word, the Hebrew word for wisdom here in Psalms is chokmah, chokmah, okay? And, uh, and the man who finds chokmah is blessed, and being blessed in the Hebrew means happy, or happiness, right? Or being blessed. Um, so not only being happy, but fruitful in all his ways, because true wisdom is God's wisdom. Job asked that question, where can we find wisdom? Job says that. He's like, but, but, but where, shall find, where shall wisdom be found? Uh, and where is the place of understanding? Job's asking that question. So to find wisdom is also to find life. Proverbs 8.35 says this, For whoever finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. I know you're probably thinking, man, Tim, you're just quoting Scripture left and right. I just want us to be saturated with it because we need it. We need to be saturated with God's Word. See, godly wisdom leads to humility, respect, in service towards others. There's no such thing as being puffed up in our knowledge. But God calls us to be humble. 
So when we look at Psalm, or Proverbs 9012, uh, when we look at this, I'm sorry, Psalms 9012, um, there's a few challenges, us, uh, challenges for us for wisdom. That wisdom is a decision we make. We can either be a fool or we can seek godly wisdom. The second thing is we see here with wisdom is that it finds its source in God alone, not on earthly wisdom. Not on earthly wisdom. Godly wisdom comes through humility, and earthly wisdom is developed out of pride. Okay, we learn that. The third thing that we learn is, is that wisdom affects all of life. All of life. And if we are seeking godly wisdom, God wants to bless us. And then the last thing here that we see is that wisdom is a responsibility. And, and, and an example is what we just saw here earlier with the baby dedication. You know, as parents, we are responsible to train up our ch children in the way, into godly wisdom, in the way that they should go. You know, I pray every day for our kids that, that, that they would love the Lord their God with all their hearts, with all their soul, with all their minds, because I know the heart is deceiving, like I said earlier, and that they love their enemies or that they love their neighbors as themselves. That's my prayer for them. They do that. What a responsibility. So in closing, before we, we partake in communion this morning, I want to close. Um, I'm not going to sing this song, but uh, it's an old hymn. Uh, many of you guys probably have heard this. Uh, it's one of the best-loved hymns of, of our times, and it's, uh, maybe you've heard it, I don't know, but it's Our God, Our Help in Ages Past. Have you ever heard that? It's by Isaac Watts. Um, and this is usually sung at the closing of a year, or it's sung at a funeral. And he wrote this on behalf of Psalms 90, okay? Uh, Isaac Watts did. And uh, I'm just going to read you the first verse. Uh, there's about six or seven uh, verses in this, but I'm just going to read you the first one. And it says, O oh God, our help in ages past, our hope for years to come, our shelter from the stormy blast and our eternal home. You're probably thinking, okay, what's going on here? But the thing that I love about this, again, when we go back to the beginning of our lifespan, we know that he is the God of ages past. We know that he is the God of the future. You know, and, and, and in between that, we might have those highs and lows, those rocky moments in life. You know, but you know what? Our eternal reward is in heaven. That's what we long for. You know, one of the, I think it was Jonathan Edwards, great theologian, he would think about heaven for 30 minutes a day because he knew this life was fleeting. And he would just focus on heaven for 30 minutes a day. I don't know, do we have 30 minutes to think about heaven a day? I don't know. Um, but that's a good challenge for us. And see, Watts here, Isaac Watts, when he wrote this hymn, he recognized that our lives are insubstantial and fleeting. He knew that. And after a short duration, in Psalms 90, what do we do? We fly away, right? We fly away forgotten as a dream. But he also knew that believers have an eternal home in God. 